0: The Selfish Path to Romance. Download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com
1: and at amazon.com.
0: There's such a thing as dullness of heart, acceptance, and letting go. Sooner or later, we all give up, don't we? Maybe you all do. It's my idea of the original sin. What is? It? Giving up! And that's from the miracle worker. And I agree. You never want to give up on your top values the things that move you, that drive you forward in life, that make you want to get out of bed. You don't want to just throw in the towel and throw away your goals and then just settle in a boring job, a boring relationship, or not have a hobby you enjoy and just float along in life. I mean, that you might as well throw away. You are throwing away your life. With me to help you not throw away your life and to learn how not to give up, but to Learn from experience is a thinking expert, Jean Maroney. And she has master's degrees in electrical engineering and psychology, and she's completed a graduate program in the philosophy of objectivism at the Ayn Rand Institute. So you put that all together engineering, psychology, and a rational philosophy with Jean's wonderful passion and all of her knowledge about thinking. And she's here to help you solve your problems. And that's the topic today learning from experience. So some people say, Some people are cynical and they just say, you can't learn from experience, just give up. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I guess I have to agree with Annie Sullivan and the miracle worker that giving up is is a terrible idea. And the problem is people don't always know how to learn from experience. It's not always obvious what to do differently. So I think the number one thing you need to do to learn from experience is deliberately give yourself the learning experience within 24 hours of what it is you want to learn from stop and think about what went right and what okay, went wrong okay let's
0: say i'm dating and mm-hmm. i just have dated oh i would say within the past 2 months i've dated 5 guys and it, it's just not working out and it must be me i don't know what the problem is but i just they don't call me back and i just i just give up i mean what's the what's the use
1: it's a perfect example because this is a this is an example of what i call flailing you're doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result.
0: Well, I'm dating different guys.
1: Yes, and getting the same result.
0: Yeah, and, they don't call me back.
1: Right. So the, the thing to do here is to give yourself a chance to see what exactly is going on. And I actually recommend that you, within 24 hours of your date, sit down with a piece of paper and pencil and answer these questions. What went well? And what do I think contributed to that? Certainly, some things probably went well on the day. Yeah, we
0: laughed a lot, and I thought that they really liked me. And I I thought that, you know, people have a sense of humor. I have a good sense of humor. And I thought that, I thought everything was going well. And we talked. We didn't just sit there like bumps on a log.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like, in your example, there is stuff that went well.
0: Yes. So also
1: ask yourself the question, what didn't go well? And what do I think contributed to that? I think the
0: same thing. I think that I talk too much about myself and I don't know how to listen to the other person. And they probably don't feel comfortable with me because I am a very strong personality. I have a strong personality and I laugh a lot. And Maybe it's too overpowering for them.
1: So this is very interesting because these two questions that I suggested, what went well and what contributed, what didn't go well and what contributed, are easy to answer. You always have particularly if it's soon after. That's why I say 24 hours. You always have thoughts on that, and it's fairly easy to get them out of your subconscious. So that's one part of the process is to get out your thinking on that on paper. There's a third question I think that's worth asking. What would I do differently another time?
0: But I think taking, taking it from what I just said, I think I can still have my wonderful, delightful sense of humor. I can still come on strong because I'm not a weak person. I don't want to sell myself as a meek, uh, withering violet when I'm not that way. And so I think that next time I will just learn to listen, to share the airtime more and to ask them to talk more about their life. Maybe ask more questions.
1: So what we get from just asking these three questions is you get your first cut at what do you think needs to be different to make it better next time. And I can tell you that just by taking, say, 10 minutes to do this in writing.
0: Within 24 hours. Within
1: 24 hours, because you won't remember after 24 hours. Too many things will intervene. This will kind of get really into focus for you so that you're more likely to remember to... Give the other person a chance to talk or, uh, or listen better the yeah. next time you have a date. So, However,
0: go okay. ahead.
1: What I was going to say is if you really want to get the most out of this review, you need to take one more step. Hey, i got to interrupt this because we've got to pay some bills. 30 seconds, that's it. A very quick ad and then Alan will be back. Romance. Oh, I wish guys knew more about what we want from a relationship. Boy, I wish I knew more about what I want. Where's that ad I saw? Ah, here it is. The Selfish Path to Romance. A serious romance guidebook. Download Chapter 1 for free at SelfishRomance.com and buy it at Amazon.com. Hmm, The Selfish Path to Romance. That is interesting. What I was going to say is if you really want to get the most out of this review, you need to take one more step. And that is, after you've done this writing, you've done, you know, say 10 minutes of writing out what you thought about all this.
0: What went well, what didn't go well, and what uh-huh. should I do differently next time? Yeah.
1: Go back and reread what you wrote with a fishy eye. Okay. Now, uh, what by a fishy eye, I mean a critical eye. When you're first answering the question, you just, you just give the answers that seem natural. Yeah. But when you go back and you reread, this is part of critical thinking, is mm-hmm. that you don't just take your off-the-top-of-your-head answers for things. Mm-hmm. You go back and look at it and see, well, is that literally true? Mm-hmm. Or is there another way to look at that? What am I assuming here? Okay. So, for example, we laughed a lot. Yeah, uh, you, you might have, if you, in your writing, you said, we laughed a lot. Maybe when you went back and you reread that, you said, gee, I laughed a lot. I laughed at everything he said, but He didn't laugh as much as i did right and so you know it came out in certain words when you first expressed it but then when you go back and you look at it with kind of a critical eye you say well you know it's a little different from that and maybe there's something you can learn from gee i was doing all the laughing and he wasn't maybe my laugh was a little bit nervous and maybe i need some uh some way to be less nervous so that i'm not laughing at everything. I mean, I'm just making that up.
0: Right, right. Well, I'm making up the example, too, because I'm happily married.
1: Exactly. You don't know what you're going to find when you start this process. And particularly the testing assumptions uh, process where you look at it with a fishy eye. I think it's very helpful to add that second step because, in effect, by saying what you thought off the top of your head, you give yourself a second chance to say, well, do I have anything that contradicts that? That is going to be the way that you get, in effect, a deeper layer of understanding of what went right and what went wrong.
0: Right. And by, I'm, go ahead.
1: By questioning what your off-the-top-of-the-head answers were.
0: Okay, and I'm thinking I might have gone back and maybe something very positive came out of it. Maybe it wasn't that I had a nervous laugh. Maybe it was that I knew within the first few, few minutes of talking with the person that I was not interested in them, and I had five dates over two months, but I wasn't interested in any of them, and somehow I might have sent those vibes to them, you know, the uh, just uh-huh. uh, subtle cues to them, and that's why they didn't call me back. Because I might have been a stronger person and was actually rejecting them rather than them rejecting me and me throwing in the towel.
1: And that comes under the heading of testing assumptions also. Should these dates have led to follow-up dates? And maybe, uh, maybe you were too focused on gee, I want to have follow-up dates, as opposed to do I want to have follow-up dates these with these, with these five guys, right. right. And
0: I'm talking with Jean Moroni. You're a fabulous expert on thinking skills, and you have a website, thinkingdirections.com. That's all one word, thinkingdirections.com. And I went to your website. I spent a half hour on it last night. Uh, you give thinking tips, and talk about what else you have on your website.
1: Well, I have book recommendations, some of which I got the recommendations for the books from you, Ellen, and then wrote up reviews for them. And I have information on how to sign up for my uh, free email newsletter. That's at thinkingdirections.com. The word thinking plus the word directions all run together, dot com. And uh, let's see, what else? Well, information on my my course, Thinking Tactics, and on some preview classes that I run for them.
0: Right. You have tons of information. So just go to the website, thinkingdirections.com. And thank you so much for joining us today, Jean.
1: Thanks for having me For more Dr. Kenner podcasts, go to drkenner.com and please listen to this ad. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance, the Serious Romance Guidebook by clinical psychologist Dr. Ellen Kenner. Finding the right romantic soulmate requires
0: not just an emotional bond, but a harmony between one's reasoned judgment and one's feelings. Let's assume that you're reasonably well-off in the lovability department. That is, you possess qualities such as moral virtue, self-esteem, passionate valuing, and more. Assume further that you've met someone who possesses similar qualities. Does that mean you've found the right romantic partner? Absolutely not. Although love needs such a solid foundation, that foundation is not the whole story. Romantic love is personal and individual. Someone who excites one person may leave another person indifferent or completely turned off.
1: You can download Chapter 1 for free by going to drkenner.com. And you can buy the book at Amazon.com.